Hello, welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught. It's a podcast that's about REM. Where are we at? We're like halfway through Fables the Reconstruction, right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah at least halfway. Cool. But who are we? Uh, I'm Lynn, and you... I'm Ali. Yes. Hello. You know, first things first and all that. Yeah, first things first. I was ready to get right into whatever we're talking about, which is Can't Get There From Here. The sixth track on Fables of Reconstruction. So slightly more than halfway through because it's only an 11-track album. Yes. Is that how maths works? Uh, I mean, you're the scientist. I, I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm just a humanities uh, grad, so, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, I, should re- I should retrain. When we're halfway through recording this podcast, we'll be halfway through this album. Yes. <laughs> that was a not particularly dramatic entrance, but a song with a dramatic entrance. Yes. It goes, ba 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 Just like that. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, I feel like it's up there with uh, another couple of songs in this album with dramatic entrances. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's quite a left turn musically. Oh, you mean compared to all Mankinsey? Yes. Or just generally for REM songs up to this point, I would say. I would go that far. I'm wondering, I'm obviously not listening to the LP version. I suspect that this might be the first track on the second side. That would make sense. Just, I don't know whether that's true. I should look it up. It's just got that kind of feeling to it of a side opener. Yeah, I, I can see where you're where you're coming from. I always forget that you had to do that because that was, you know, I've listened to records before, but it's never been like... A, a regular part of my music mm. listening thing. So, yeah, just the idea of getting halfway through something and like, right, got to turn it over now. That said, that said, I did listen to, you know, at the beginning of my kind of music listening mm. life, I did listen to some albums on cassette, but that was very much unusual. I, I mean, I'm of the age where the, the, the first stereo system I bought had, had radio, cassette, and CD player built into it, so I could play tapes, and I sometimes did. Sorry, fascinating. <laughs> I don't know when that transition kind of was complete, really, because, I mean, CDs mm. were out this 1985, isn't it? So CDs were available by then, but yeah, I think very few people either had or could afford CD players, and not necessarily yeah. everything was being released on CD. And by the time we get to the like early 90s, I feel like CD is becoming the majority format. I mm. But I don't actually know when that transition was. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was later. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. C- certainly in the mid-80s, I feel like that wasn't the case. Yeah. And I think I think uh, cassettes were knocking around for quite a long time just because CD players were quite... Car CD players, I think, were quite expensive. Yeah, car CD players and, and Discmans were expensive. I remember not yeah. having Discman at school for a long time, but I had, mm. I had a portable. So I guess this would have been the 90s. Um, yeah. I did get one eventually although not a proper Sony one. I did get a cheap one eventually, but um, you know, I had you know, I had a portable cassette player years before I had a portable mm. CD player. Well, and, and portable CD players were kind of useless in the sense that you you had to be, like, static. You could oh, yeah, the early ones sit at a desk up. somewhere. You, you couldn't... It's not like you could go for, go for a walk and listen to a CD. And you couldn't record mixtapes on them? Nope. Back in the early days? Oh, there you go. Mixtapes were awesome. I'm I'm just about old enough that I did some actual mixtapes. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too but, for friends yeah. and things. 
Yes, uh, my good friend Anne made me a very good mixtape, which I have lost. It <laughs> makes me very sad. <laughs> that is pretty sad. Uh, yes, but we should talk more about this song. So I was saying it's quite different. Yeah, different how, would you say? It's funky. It is certainly funky. That's true. Actually, yeah, you're right. Because I was th- thinking like it's a bit rocky, and certainly previous tracks could be described as rocky. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that many... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like one of their default modes. Previous tracks can be described as funky, particularly. There's... I'm, I'm forgetting it's towards the end of... Um of reckoning um there or maybe it's the beginning of a track depending on how you count uh but i think i think on spotify it's the end of one of the tracks on reckoning it kind of the actual song fades out and then it fades into them just kind of jamming a bit and kind of messing around and that's kind of funky but it's it's kind of like 10 seconds yeah it's like an interstitial thing it's a it's a foreshadowing of yes this song an album earlier that was the thing. Apparently, they just wanted to get funky, but didn't feel like they could really do it and be serious. Story of my life. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But at the same time, I feel like this is kind of a jokey song in tone. Yeah, I, I wouldn't quite go as far as say, like, I think jokey almost implies kind of like parody, and it doesn't mm. quite feel like a sort of parody song. Um, yeah, but I see what you mean. It doesn't. I think, I think part of the reason that I re- I'm reading that way is that I feel like Michael Stipe is doing a voice. Okay. In a way that I've not noticed before. It, like it seems like he's singing with, to me anyway, like with quite a pronounced drawl. Yeah, there's definitely a kind of style. Yeah. Like a very intentional manner of singing, I guess, and playing, obviously, that's not always present. I mean, I don't... This this is, again, one of those ones where the lyrics are fairly indecipherable, and... Yeah, that's true. I didn't pick up anything in in the lyrics that was kind of like, oh, well, this is clearly a joke. But, yeah, I don't know. There just seemed to be something that was somewhat... somewhat jocular about the approach. Yeah, on the subject of lyrics, again, Mm. yeah, I didn't really catch many. None have really stuck in my head. Even the even the kind of title is is sort of a little just screamed is the wrong word, just kind of screeched along with the thing. <laughs> Can't yeah. get there from here. It's becoming club singing once again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it gets kind of rockier in that chorus. Mm. Then then the verses are a bit like funkier, and then the yeah, there's a bit more kind of like. It's not quite slap bass, I'm not mm. thinking of it, but that kind of sort of do 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 Yeah. Funky, there's a funky bass line going on. Yeah. In a way that, yeah, I see what you mean, they lose it a bit in the choruses. Yeah, I mean, not in a not in a bad way, but it's just no. like a little bit of a different tone, I suppose. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed this this song, it's it's good. Um, Did you pick up on the saxophone? No. There's a... I wasn't expecting saxophone from the... Uh, mm. I thought, you know, listening to the E Street Band. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit early. I think in it's it's kind of like buried in the mix about one minute in, okay. and it's a bit more. It's yeah, it's quite a bit more pronounced um, on the final chorus. But yeah, it was kind of like because I noticed it initially. Then I was like on re-listens. I was listening super hard for it the rest of the time. Mm. So yeah, I think that's the first time I can recall clocking some sax. 
on an REM song quite possibly could be wrong. This is making me want to like go back and listen to everything else just to see like ah did, did they slip it under my radar but no I think I got it here. So that's interesting. Yeah that's most of what I had to say. I'm just going to quickly look at the lyrics. Um, the one lyric that I did think that I heard um, and it turns out, at least according to this trans transcription, was right. It was something about when the world is a monster, but he's he's just singing that in a really weird way. Mm. It's like, when the world is a monster. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just looking through the just th looking through the lyrics and just going like, nope, did did not <laughs> did not pick up any of any of this at all. Uh, I should have done my homework. It's okay. Uh, do you have any more anything more to add? Not really. I think it's a funky song. I think it's a fun song. I'm glad it's on there. I think it's a good... If this was the first track on the side, uh, I think after the kind of slowdown of Old Man Kinsey, um, mm. yeah, a way to like jazz it up and get back in the second side of the... Uh, yeah. ...of the album. Definitely. The... Yeah, it's very enjoyable. I like the song. It... I mean, it's not super long. It's like 340. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like, goes quickly. It's breezy. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's never going to go down on my, like... It, it's nowhere near making the shortlist for favourite REM songs, but it's it's solid, and it's, and it's a bit different, and it kind of adds to the breadth of this album, I feel. I feel exactly the same. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is a really essential REM song, but yeah. It's it's very enjoyable, and I think it breaks yeah. up what is generally speaking quite a kind of slower. I mean, with some exceptions, Drive Rate or whatever, as we've talked about, um, mm. kind of a little bit more downbeat album. Yeah, yeah, certainly a lot, like weirder and more awkward. Yeah, and especially the central bit of the album as well. I mean, I know we're going to move on to the next couple of songs uh, soon that are very much in that vein. Yeah, and Old Man Kinsey's in that vein. Yes. So, yeah. Cool. Shall we leave it there, then? We'll leave it there. Um, Thank you very much, dear listeners, for joining us. Uh, do you have any cultural uh, recommendations? I've got a little <sighs> short list here of stuff I've been listening to, um, but as we're recording multiple episodes, as we usually do this evening, and I didn't want to put them all on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I over the weekend, I watched the... It's not Alfred Hitchcock's first film... But it's the first film that he described as a Hitchcock film himself. Like, it's the first one where he felt like he was hitting his stride. It's called The Lodger. Okay. Um, so it's from the late 20s, and it's it's a silent film. And it's, it's basically about, like, there's a serial murderer loose in London, and this family takes on this, like, mysterious thin man as a... Uh, he rents the, the spare room and it's kind of like, maybe he is the murderer. Ooh. I won't give it away. Okay. But it's pretty, because <laughs> that would be, that would be. Yeah, and I've not, I've not seen this one. I haven't seen many Hitchcocks actually, but. I've seen quite a few at this point, but yeah, it's, it, it's maybe fun is the wrong word to use about a film about a serial killer, but it's, it's atmospheric and and pretty cool yeah i mean i'm still not really used to watching silent films mm. but it's it's also it's like 90 minutes so it's not like oh my goodness <laughs> 
watch this three and a half hour silent movie. Have you seen Metropolis? I haven't actually. I feel like it's a failing as a cinephile. It's pretty great. Um, it is very Hitler's long. favorite film. Sorry, was it Hitler's favorite film? <laughs> Supposedly. That that seems that seems weird. I don't know. I mean, I'm intrigued now. I've got. A, it's been a little while since I've seen it. That seems like a combination of the sort of I can see that things that might appeal to Hitler, the kind of mega city. Mm. Obviously, it's a German film, but the sort of like big mega cities that seem like they could be. I know. I always when I first saw it, I saw them as kind of like futuristic, just in scale versions of like American cities. Really, I mm. guess I can't imagine that cities like that really existed in Germany in the nineteen twenties. Mm. Uh, but I, I suppose that kind of like monumental architecture is quite a feature of kind of fascist architecture. So mm. I can see that that would have appealed. Um, I don't know whether like the sort of message of the film, uh, which appears to be that like workers are kind of like enslaved by capitalism, yeah, and that you shouldn't trust robots to get you out of it. <laughs> so I'm sorry to any like German film scholars that are listening to this thinking like <laughs> that's not what that film means. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether that would have, but who knows? It's certainly but an impressive. It is on the longer end of of runtimes isn't it am i right yeah certainly for silent films it's two it's like i think the restored cut of it because then there was about 45 minutes missing or something for a Mm. long time and then they dug it up in a cinema in south america somewhere oh okay yeah i have heard that it's i think it's two hours 45 or something i think the restored version Mm. which is the one that i've seen and there may have been five or ten minutes missing off the original cut possibly but gotcha um i think when a film's that long you probably don't notice it but yeah, there you go. Well, I was going to say it's a cool film, but now I know that Hitler liked it. I don't know whether I should say that. <laughs> well, I might be wrong. I might just be... No, it's interesting. It's always interesting, the kind of like arts that... like. Well, we talked about uh, Cameron being on Desert Island Discs. Yeah. And that kind of thing, like the sort of media that, that leaders. <laughs> Are you equating David Cameron with Hitler? <laughs> uh, I mean... Only in like a very broad sense. <laughs> yeah, they're right-wing politicians. <laughs> uh, yes, as far as I'm aware, David Cameron uh, has never advocated for genocide. No, not that I'm aware of. So there's that. So great. Excellent. Good for him. Yeah, uh, uh, yes. Bare minimum standard. Uh, yeah. Has never gone on record as being for... I'm, I'm happy to go on record as a podcast and say that we are anti-genocide. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel okay with I'd, that. I'd hope that we wouldn't have to like actually state that for people to just assume it, but... It's the 2020s, Ali. I it mean... is the 2020s, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone definitely does tend to assume that you're ambivalent unless you uh, state otherwise. Quite. Oh, man. This has taken a dark turn. It has taken a dark turn. Um, and as will our next song, question mark. Oh, foreshadowing. Thank that's you. that's excellent Thank technique. Uh, excellent. Right. I tip my hat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get a glass of water and then come back <laughs> to record with you. And we'll see the listeners at some point. Thank you very much for listening. How will we do that, Lynn? How will that work? We can't see the listeners. Through the power of my mind. All oh, I do is sit around you, and you, think it about It is a powerful mind. You yeah. must teach me in the ways of listener uh, sight. Yeah, it's like... That's the thing. Jean-Luc it's Picard. A... No, the other thing. <laughs> Magneto. What's his name? <laughs> the other guy. The other guy that's not Magneto. Professor that's... Xavier. Thank you. Or pr- Professor, so Professor Xavier, as I want to, always want to call him, because I did some French in school. <laughs> Hello? Um, right. Just like Professor Xavier. 
Yeah. Well, uh, that that would be that would be yeah yeah. I mean, obviously, even if he was Professor Xavier, Patrick Stewart was the most English Frenchman ever. Yes, he's just the most English person that plays people with French names. <laughs> yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, right, before I go off on one about John luc Picard uh, and how great You, you can is, start um, the next episode. It'll be some continuity. Yes, brilliant. Right. Oh, sorry. This ending is taking forever. <laughs> Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Adieu. Adieu, indeed. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. gdgcpodcast at gmail.com. Cool. All right. I've done the correct homework.